You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Thessalonians chapter 5 in your Bibles. Uh, my wife and I, we missed being here Sunday. Uh, we had a good trip. We left out on Friday. Uh, we drove, it was just under seven hours. We drove to the uh, area around uh, south of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I preached in a youth rally on Saturday, and then I preached all day Sunday uh, at that church. It's the church where the Websters attend. You know, the Websters that come here and sing every year. We had a good time, uh, my wife and I. We got a little bit later start on Friday, and I was, I was looking at the GPS and how many of you know that the GPS, you love it sometimes, and sometimes you'd like to throw it out the window, right? So I'm looking at the GPS, and the GPS, it tells me that if we continue the route we're going up around Washington, D.C., it's going to add about an hour of drive time. And I, I was not surprised. It was a Friday afternoon. We'd be hitting that area around Washington, D.C. And I, folks, I'm talking about traffic. I'm talking about more traffic than Weldon Road. I'm talking about more traffic than Julian Allsburg. I know it's hard to imagine. I'm talking about traffic. And I, I wanted to avoid traffic. How many of you like to avoid traffic? Okay, that's my goal. So I saw that that was uh, not going to be good. So there were other ways to go, according to the GPS. So we started going and it was beautiful. There were some scenic roads and we were smooth sailing. Well, then we got to a point, and it was probably about, I don't know, I'm guessing it was about 4.30 or 5, where my GPS started going crazy. Now, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that the GPS could do this now, but it started telling me to go a different way because there was a weather warning uh, in certain spots. They were uh, snow squalls is what they call them. Does anybody, anybody even know what a snow squall is? Well, let me tell you, I didn't know till Friday, but I know now because it said there's a snow squall warning. So it said, uh, avoid that and go this way. So I started going the other way because I don't like traffic and I don't like driving in snow. Anybody, are you with me? If you can avoid traffic and if you can avoid driving in snow, those are good things. So I start going another way and then the GPS goes crazy and it says snow squall warning ahead the way I'm going. So I, I, I'm, I pull off and we get some gas or, you know, do something to stop. And I look and it shows me from where I was in, I think at the time we we're in Maryland, it said there are three routes you can go. And all three routes had snow squall warnings. Now, snow squall, it doesn't even sound intimidating. It actually sounds humorous, just the sound of it. You know, like what in the world is a snow squall? Well, we found out. And so we picked the one that was supposedly the best route and we went down two lane roads in the middle of nowhere and the snow squall started. You say, what's a snow squall? I'm getting to that, okay? The snow squall started and it is a lot of snow. It is blowing snow. It's coming down hard. It's coming down fast. The road was covered and it was slippery. And we're going up hills and down hills and around curves. And we're, you say, well, why didn't you stop? There was nowhere to stop. We, there wasn't even a shoulder to pull off on. 
And there, the driveways were already snow covered and you could tell where they had had some snow earlier. And so it was pretty crazy. We're going 20, 25 miles an hour and you can't even see really where you're going. So then we finally got to a town and, and you can look this up on the map if you want to kind of see where we ended up. There was a town called Berlin, Pennsylvania. It's just a little town. Uh, I found out, I, I looked it up um, after the fact, but it's not far from where um, United Flight 93 went down on September 11th. So we're out, we're talking out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we stopped uh, to get some gas at a, a little place called Berlin, Pennsylvania. And the roads are still bad. We're just glad to be alive. Um, I, my wife was panicking and she kept telling me she wasn't scared. I said, well, why do you have to keep telling me you're not scared? Because I know you're scared. And we, even though you're telling me you're not. And uh, we stopped. I kid you not, it was, the, it was the funniest thing. There's a gas station, also a pizza place. Same, same, same little building. Gas station, pizza place, arcade, liquor store, and they advertised it was a hotel. I kid you not. I thought that was, I thought somebody's messing around. We walked in to go and to find the restroom and to get something to drink and not at the liquor store, but we went and get something to drink. <laughs> I've got to clarify that because brother Nathan Sunday morning was talking about smoking stuff and all that. And so I just, I need to clarify. And I kid you not, there's a, there's a sign pointing down this dark hallway that says hotel this way. Now, under normal circumstances, I would have not even considered it. But I'm thinking we might be sleeping in our car tonight. I don't know what we're going to be doing. And so I asked Joanna, I said, well, what do you think? Do you want to risk it sleeping in the car? Do you want to risk it sleeping here? Or do you want to put your life back in my hands and you want to get on the road? And uh, she chose to get back on the road, even though I don't know that that's what she wanted, but that's what she chose. And and uh, we made it. It was by the grace of God. The road started getting better. But even still, it was dark. It was slippery. And uh, it was crazy. I say all that to say that Friday night, we were going somewhere. We knew where we were going. We, we knew how we were going to get there. We knew the roads to get there, the directions. But we didn't know the circumstances that we would find ourselves in. Have you ever in life, have you ever, you know where you're, you're wanting to go, you know where God's leading, you know what you're supposed to do, but have you ever been overwhelmed by the circumstances of life that you're in the middle of and you didn't choose that? Now, some, sometimes the circumstances are our own fault, right? And we look back and say, well, that was foolish. But I, I promise you, I, I was doing the best I could. I didn't know which way to go, and I wasn't sure what was going to be the best route, and I didn't know where the snow was going to be. So I was just trying to do the best I could. You've been there. Some of you, you're going through that right now. You're in a situation that is out of your control. You're in a situation that you would not choose. But I want you to notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse number 16, the Bible says, Rejoice. Evermore, No matter what you're going through, rejoice. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. I will promise you, my wife and I were doing a whole lot of that Friday night on the road. We were praying without ceasing. Uh, and she was praying with her eyes closed and I was praying with my eyes open. But we were praying. But then notice verse number 18. The Bible says, in everything, give what? Give thanks. Now, we know this verse, we quote this verse, but I think a lot of times we think it is saying, 
for everything. For your house, you give thanks. For your food, you give thanks. For your job, uh, because of your family, for the things, because of the things, because of all the, the things you have and all the things God has done, we should give thanks. But this verse says, in everything, give thanks. The word in, and I know we're on uh, Thanksgiving break, so for our teachers and our students, I don't mean to you know, put your brain back into gear, but the word in is a preposition. This word in is a preposition that is a primary preposition denoting a fixed position of place, time, or state. So if we say you are in something, we're saying you are in a place, you are in a certain time, or you are in a certain state or a certain condition. That's where you are. That's what you are in. The Bible says in Romans 8, you don't have to turn there. It's another uh, powerful passage for another day. But the Bible says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You say, well, what are all those things? Well, the Bible talks about famine, talks about the peril and the sword and the nakedness, and it talks about uh, the, 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 the bad things that the Christians were experiencing. And the Bible says, in all these things, we are still more than conquerors. I want to challenge you for just a few minutes tonight on this subject, in everything Give thanks. Lord, would you please speak to us and help us and help us not to miss what you have for us tonight, but I pray that we would be attentive. I pray that we would be receptive. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would show us some situations right now that we are in. And according to your word, the situation that we are in tonight, we should give thanks. Lord, there are situations that are out of our control. There are situations that these dear folks are facing tonight that is job-related, it's financial, it's physical, and it's something that they could not change. They could not have avoided. It's something that they did not intend to get into. But Lord, we thank you that you're in control, and we thank you that you have given us the promise that we can give thanks in everything, and in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We pray you'd bless us and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, hold your place in 1 Thessalonians 5 and uh, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel's in the Old Testament after the, uh, the, the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. You'll get to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. And by the way, I did not take the time uh, earlier in the service to uh, welcome and introduce all of the visitors. We have a lot of visitors tonight, but we are so thankful that you're here. And thank you for those in our church that invited somebody to come with you. Uh, we're honored that you take the time tonight to be with us. Daniel chapter 6, you know the story, I think. It's the account where Daniel is faced with the lion's den. The ladies sang. I didn't know for sure what song they were singing. I'm glad they sang that song. But they sang the song, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful like David after Goliath. By the way, wouldn't you be thankful after Goliath? <laughs> you'd be thankful and you'd be saying, praise God, I'm out of that. Thankful like David after Goliath. Thankful like, who else were you thankful like? Paul and Silas after the jail. I'm thankful like 
Lazarus finally unwound. I know Daniel's in there somewhere. Is there any other characters I'm missing? Noah, back on dry ground. Yeah, I think we all would be thankful uh, after the flood and you land that, that ark on dry ground. But it says, I'm thankful like Daniel after the lions. And you know, we ought to be thankful when God does something great in our lives. Amen for that? And, and we, we should be, but many times we're not. Many times we, we pray and pray and pray and God answers the prayer. And then after the request is answered, we just go on our merry way and we don't even take time to say thank you to the Lord. You know how I know that? Remember the story of those 10 lepers that were cleansed of their leprosy? How many out of 10? How many came back to thank the Lord? One. We are a very unthankful people by nature. But Daniel gave thanks after the lion's den, after God spared him. But I want you to notice Daniel chapter 6. It tells us in this passage that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he prayed and worshiped God and he would not follow the decree that the king had signed. And the king was tricked into signing that by the, the presidents and the princes. But it says in verse number 10, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that writing was signed that if anybody prayed to any other God except for the king for a time period of 30 days, that individual would be thrown into a den of lions. Now, this was not a petting zoo. These were not uh, tame creatures that they were, you know, saving for the next uh, Hollywood production. These were lions that were literally, uh, they were starving to death on purpose. They would, they'd make sure they were hungry so that when people were thrown in, it would be a, a very quick but a very violent death for those who were punished by the king. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the end of the story, Daniel wasn't eaten, but the presidents and princes and their families were thrown in. And the Bible says that those lions devoured them before they ever hit the ground. These were some hungry beasts. There were a lot of them. But the Bible says that when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. Now, I'll, let's be honest. Would we not probably do that also? If there was a decree that was signed that you were going to have to be thrown into a lion's den if you prayed to God, don't you think you'd be praying and saying, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, I am in trouble. I don't know what to do. Lord, you've got it. I think we would be praying. I think we'd be praying for a miracle. So that doesn't surprise me, although even though it would cost him his life, he still prayed. But it says he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave what? He gave thanks. Now hang on. He hasn't come out of the lion's den yet. He's getting ready to go in. And not only that, it said he did this every day. So he was doing this even before the lion's den. He was giving thanks. You say, well, Daniel must have had a wonderful life. Well, not exactly. He was a prisoner in Babylon. He was in captivity. He was away from his family. He was away from his friends. He did not have freedom. Daniel was in a strange place, and yet Daniel still 
every single day, three times a day, he gave thanks to God. And now he knows that the writing has been signed. That is his death sentence. And you know what Daniel does? He goes back to his room, opens his windows. That was a bold statement. He wasn't ashamed of it. He opened his windows towards Jerusalem and he knelt down and he prayed three times a day and he gave thanks. Now here's what I see in this passage. The Bible says that when Daniel was about to be killed and persecuted for his faith, he was still giving thanks. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. God did not save him from the lion's den. But you know what God did? He saved him in the lion's den. I think that's why Daniel was giving thanks. I think he knew whether he went in the den or not. I think he just believed that God was going to take care of him. I think that Daniel said, you know, I'm in this situation. I'm in Babylon. I'm being persecuted. I'm getting ready to lose my life to these lions. But I still am going to thank God in my situation. God did save Daniel, not from the lions, but he saved him while he was in the lion's den. I want to remind you tonight, don't ever forget that God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I could have seen God changing the king's mind. You know, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. But God didn't change the king's mind. God performed a greater miracle. He shut the mouths of the lions. He saved David. He protected, uh, not David, he protected Daniel. He saved Daniel in the lion's den. Job said it like this. The Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, our circumstances change. Sometimes our circumstances change for the better. Sometimes they change for the worse. The circumstances change, but our God never does change. He is still good and he is still God. And we are commanded in every situation. In every state, in every time, in every place, in every uh, burden that you go through, in every trial that you face, in everything, give thanks. Why are we supposed to do that? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say, Pastor, I'm really praying. What's God's will for my life? What, What does God want me to do? I'll tell you one thing. He wants you to give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.